Talk Recorded live. Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Movies. This is episode 141 and we're going to be reviewing the Oscar-nominated film Moonlight. I am your host, Tanya, and tonight I'm joined by my co-host, Charles. Hello. Hey, Charles. Hello. How are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> well, I I just saw Moonlight today. I missed that window of opportunity when it played for like two weeks and went away. But it's coming back because they're bringing all the Oscar-nominated films back to the movie theaters and so people can see what all the hype is. And as soon as I got out of there, I'm like, I have to talk to Charles. <laughs> I need to discuss this movie with him. So here we are. Yes. I was very surprised, too, by the way, because I did not think that you were going to be like, oh, no, we have to talk about this now. Yeah, because we just talked on Thursday when we did our our Oscar nomination predictions. Yeah. So, what did you think of the eight eight nominations that uh, Moonlight got? What is your thought? Okay, well, before we get into that, I think we kind of got to describe the movie a little bit. Oh, okay. You know, it it takes place in Miami. It's about a young African-American boy growing up, dealing with issues of identity, sexual orientation, you know, who he is. I kind of almost felt like the overarching theme was, you know, finding your voice because Mm -hmm. he spent much of the movie not responding to anybody. Like, everybody was talking at him. He's kind of like, yeah. mm, mm. you know, he was just very quiet. And people were trying to engage him, trying to say, hey, what are you thinking? What are your thoughts? You know, everybody was, like, talking at him. So yeah. his mother is, like, a drug addict. He's being bullied at school. Has one of those childhood love moments. Yep. So I wanted to talk to you, like, let's start off with the beginning because the story is kind of told in these three different parts. And they're all kind of like subtitled. Like the first one is Little, which starts off with him as a little boy. The middle one is called Chiron, which is his name. And then the last one is Black, which is the nickname he gets. So let's yeah. let's start off with the section called Little. Tell me, just like, what were your thoughts on that section? Because I was kind of wondering if you thought what I was thinking. Um, are we supposed to think that Mahershala Ali's character, Juan, is that his dad? That's what they kind of... Because uh, it seemed they, like they were kind of handing at that. Yeah, because he he finds, he he finds follows this random boy, just this random kid that runs into these, uh, this, like, abandoned apartment complex, which where 
we later find out it's where a lot of drug drug users go to get high. It's kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. it's their little safe haven. So he follows this kid because he sees these, these bullies chasing him and and is uh, going to beat him up. And he talks to the kid and says, you know, why don't you come out there? Let me take you home. And he takes he takes the, the boy home. But as he, he does this once, he does this twice, and the mother does have that moment where she goes, oh, what, now you want to act like his daddy? You, you want to be his daddy? Type of thing, which right there, that's something yeah. that a mother or a, a person who had a child and the, and the father didn't want to be around them would say. That's straight up what, what someone would say. So it does kind of, because he became really attached to this, this young boy. And they really don't yeah. explain why this particular kid he uh, grows yeah. fond of. So it could be that that was his dad. And we just, you know, we're never told that. We're just supposed to, you know, either figure it out on our own or come to our own conclusions as to if he is or is he just a really nice guy. You know, we, we just He's don't just know. He's just a nice drug dealer who feels attached to both people. Yeah. But you know, it also it, seemed like there was a bit of dialogue that kind of suggested that maybe he was gay as well, and maybe he was connecting with that. Like he saw I mean, I mean, himself. Because Naomi Harris's character kind of has that line, well, you know, it's like you, and she's meaning it in a bad way. Yeah. Yeah, so see, I'm not, on that one, I'm not 100%, you know, sure as to um as to how that how that all plays out. And I don't think we'll ever find out if that was really what they uh were going for, the filmmakers were going for. Yeah. I would I would have to argue that that is exactly what they were going for, but they didn't want to throw that in the mix with everything else. Because you know, I think either theory makes sense. It's like if he's a dad, it explains the attachment. If he himself is gay, then it, it, it explains, you know, that as well. Yeah. I just, I, I don't think that the filmmakers will ever come out and truly tell us that, yes, that, you know, that the Mahershala Ali character was gay and that he uh he identified with this with this young boy who could or may who may or may not be his his biological child because as we find out that the he knew the mom because he yeah. clearly sold her drugs. Because he was supplying the drugs to her. Yeah. Exactly. So was was one of those times when she asked for drugs and she maybe couldn't afford the drugs they had a little a little fling or you know we don't know you mm-hmm. know we we just don't know because why else was he bringing this kid home to meet his his other wife or or you know girlfriend or whatever she was um it, it opens up a lot of questions played by Janelle money yeah who is I, I can't wait to see what else she does because 
yeah, these two films back to back, she's she's gonna be a big star. Not only in the music scene, but in and and on the big screen too. If she continues down this path of of uh, acting. Exactly. But, well, I think a lot of the actors in this film are going to go on to other oh, yeah. things. Yeah. They were oh, yeah, terrific. Definitely. Okay. So, like, when we get out of the little segment and we go into the Chiron, we find out that Juan's character has passed away. What did you think of that transition? Where it's just like, boom, he all of a sudden disappears. Because their last moment is where, you know, Chiron tells him, like, I know you're doing to my mom. Yeah. And he almost seems, like, ashamed. And then it's like, boom, we start into the next segment. And he's like a teenager. Yeah, well, that's that's one of those life-changing moments for for a kid, you know. It, it's the next phase. It's like, okay, now that you know that this person knows your mom and knows your mom in a certain particular way that you're not happy that your mom is even like this and that he could could be the reason why your mom is acting the way that she's acting, that's a big that's a big thing for a child to take. So he's gotta deal with the fact that my mom's, you know, a, a drug user. Um this mm-hmm. person, this guy that I've met and befriended who's been the only person really in my life that has that he's trusted that yeah that I could trust and that I felt comfortable around and that I could actually be myself around you know is gone so what what do I do now well, you know I'm really going to shut myself off from everyone and that's what we see you know, in in this in this segment, is we see him really closed off, and he has moments of of anger, but he keeps it all bottled up inside. Yeah, but he also keeps in contact with uh, Teresa Janelle Monet's character, yeah. who was living with Juan. But you know, even with her, it's like he's still closed off. She's like still trying to like coax a conversation out of him. Yeah, exactly. And it's like you said, he becomes even more closed off. Yeah. yeah and, and then we see the relationship that he he uh, starts to form with his, his longtime friend that he was kind of closed off to, but, you know, soon finds out that, you know, even as little kids, when they would when they would play around and stuff, that there was something more going on there, and that's another thing yes. that keeps him closed off from every from everything is 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 that realization. When that happens, he he almost becomes a different person once that realization happens. You know, but I think it was also in the way, like, he carried himself. I, I think in the first part and the second part, there was always that fear, that intimidation. You know, like, he always had his shoulders hunched over. And I think 
you know, it had to do with, like, the emotional abuse he was getting at home. You know, yeah. his mother, knowing at a very young age he's gay and mm-hmm. not being able to handle it or accept it and kind exactly. of dealing with her own demons and not knowing how to be a good mom to him. Yeah. You know, it's like, what is the first thing she do does when he comes home? She's like, give me the money. Yeah. I know you got money from Teresa. Give it to me. And he's like, no, no. And I'm like sitting there like, well, what's this kid supposed to eat? <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, she's just like, then she starts just going into his pockets. Oh, yeah, I know you got money. And she takes it away from him and sends him to school. And I'm like, wow. And that's why he always stayed at um, at, at Teresa's. That's why he was always there, because that's where he felt safe. He felt loved. He felt He felt wanted. And that's really what, you know, any of us really want from anyone. Mm-hmm. No. Now, what did you think of his relationship with Kevin? Because, you know, we see them when they're little boys, and now they're both teenagers. But Kevin's kind of, did, did you feel like Kevin was fronting that he was straight, or do you think he was bi? I think with Kevin, I think he was bi. Because he really liked he really liked him, but when you live in that kind of uh, that kind of area that that kind of you know you're around people like that, you have to kind of act a certain way. Otherwise, you're going to be constantly picked on, constantly mm-hmm. you know beat up. I mean, look what the the, the kids had him do to his own friend. They mm-hmm. said, you know knock him out, you know, and he had to do it. And when he did it, he felt horrible. But that's what he had to do yeah. to survive. And that's the that's one of the things about the film. It's doing what you have to do to survive. Mm-hmm. You know, the mom did what she thought she had to do to survive. He had to do what he had to do to survive. And that brings brings you up to, you know, the basically the last uh the last part. Okay. Well before we get into that, I wanted to talk about uh the very last sequence before we get into the third chapter of the story or the third act we should say is you know, after Kevin is told to beat him up, you know, he comes back the next day and it's like, you notice that change. You notice something in him, he's become hardened because he yeah. walks straight up and he's got this, uh, uh, you know, when he walks into school, it's very angry. And then the main guy that bullied him, he picks up a chair and hits him in the back and then he's like, you know, keeps hitting him. And they have to pull him off. And then he's taken away by the cops. And that's the last. So what were you? That's the that's the point of that's that's his breaking point. That was his breaking point. 
it was basically him it was basically him at that point saying okay Juan has been taken away from me the one person that really truly cares about me my mother doesn't really care about me now you've taken away the one true friend that I thought I had here everything is taken away from me I don't have anything else to live for anymore I don't have anything else to fear so I, I don't care anymore I, I don't I don't want to be here anymore so You've messed up things for me. I'm taking my anger out on you. And if I get if I get killed, I get killed. If I get expelled, I get expelled. But I let people know at this point now, I'm not going to be picked on anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's that that you know that enough that, enough. Yeah, that was that moment. That was his breaking point. The change that happened in him. And that's why he okay. just he walked in and just started whooping folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So before we get into the third part, I think we should just because I'm going to go into the whole details and all sorts of thoughts and ideas, theories that I have. And I think if people don't want us to spoil it, you know, don't go past this point. So this is your warning. You know, if go watch the film if you haven't, then come back and listen to this part and <laughs> share your thoughts with us at twitter.com slash let's talk movies or email us at let's talk movies podcast at gmail.com. Or Charles, where can they message you at? Can message me at um, it's one movie lover. That's the number one, and it's a uh, movie, and it's L U B E R at Twitter dot com. Or if you want, okay. you can find my you can you can also find my review on Instagram at uh, C W Reviews, and you can send me a message there. Good. I hope they do. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about the third chapter called Black. Okay, this is, you know, he's a, now a grown man. He's fucked up. He's not scrawny like he was in the first two parts of the movie. He's wearing grills, gold chains. He's essentially become one. Yes. What were your thoughts like when you saw the opening? Were you surprised that he went that direction? or? I, You know, the thing is, is I wasn't surprised. Uh, I know I'm sure that some people were, but I wasn't because when you look at most young boys, it's like um, it's like most young ladies. Whoever is the person that is around them most, male, female, what have you, that's the one that they gravitate towards most, and they and they. I won't say try to become, but they develop characteristics like that individual. So you have a young boy who's, let's say, quote unquote, dad is, you know, plays basketball, you know, you know, listens to certain type of music, dresses a certain way. Well, when that kid grow, is growing up, he's going to emulate what he saw in his dad. 
the same with, with, the, with the young lady. She's going to grow up emulating what she saw with her mom if she's really close with her mom. Juan was the only strong male figure in his life. That's what he saw. And he saw him and he looked up to this guy. And that's just the persona that he, he did. I, I think that even the car that he was driving was Juan's or it was, uh, it was a car like Juan used to drive, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it wasn't surprising to me that that's the route that he, he, went, he went down. I was, at, at first I was like, oh, man, they're really going to go this, this way with that. But, okay, it makes sense in the context of the story. I just, I kind of wish that they hadn't, but it made sense. I don't know, what did, what did you think? Yeah, I I thought it was I thought it was just interesting to see him with the grill, <laughs> and then you know I mean I was thinking of it more as you know it was a byproduct of being in jail because we do find out he went to juvie. Yeah, that he probably just because when you're in prison, you know you, you do have to harden yourself because it's just a crazy environment to be in. Mhm. And sometimes, yeah, you know, depending on where you was at, you know, being gay is not tolerated in prison either mm-hmm. on what side of the yard you're at. So I, I, I could see him just, you know, burying himself again. Like, I feel like each chapter is just him just burying it, building that wall, hardening himself. <laughs> Just let that he's not able to be his true self. He's not able to open up to anybody at that beginning oh, yeah. part. Yeah, he was still he was still you know closed off to the world. I mean, that's that's not um that's that's nothing to even you know be surprised by. I mean, he's you know he had a hard life and. His mother was away in in a, a kind of a rehab facility. You know, he went and visited her ever so often. But still, it was, he had a lot of hate towards her. He had a lot of, you know, he was very upset. He was, you know, very hurt. You know, and him mimicking, it's funny because you would think that he would try to be more along the lines of, you know, someone that wouldn't have been like that because of his mom, but really Juan was the one person in his life that that uh kind of in a way shaped him as as a as an adult in in a way because who knows what would have happened to this kid if he hadn't met Juan. You know, we we really don't know. I mean, he was running from from kids left and right. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if if this guy didn't come into his life, you know, at the time that he did, you know, who knows where he would have been, you know? And then, you know, it turns into he gets a call from Kevin, 
mm-hmm. after so many years later, and you just you, you sense everything, all those feelings are coming to the forefront, the longing, the why is the sky calling? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, I can't believe he called. And it leads to where he seeks him out. You know, Kevin is now working at a restaurant. Yeah. How did you kind of read their telephone conversation? I think it was... It was kind of a missed signal type of uh, telephone call because it could have gone one of two ways. It, you know... He just wanted to catch up with an old friend because he ran into somebody else who, you know, mentioned mentioned something and that triggered an effect. I mean, we've all done that where we haven't spoken to someone in years and then all of a sudden you're like, you know what, let me drop them a line and see how they've been doing. It doesn't necessarily mean that you, you know, you want anything from them. You just, you just wanted to catch up. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really where it was. It was just, you know, let's, you know, this was my, this was my boy. This was my, you know, one of my good friends. I mean, we grew up together. We, you know, we did things together. Well, so let the me person see how, that he had his first sexual encounter with. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, he's going to, you know, he's going to be excited to go down there and, and see Kevin, you know. And that's why we have that whole, you know, kind of, I won't say montage, but you see him you know, get ready and get in a car and drive all the way. I forget where Kevin was at because he was in, what town was he in? What city was he in? Because you just recently saw it. I kind of felt like he was still in Miami. But they were, it it was kind of far. He said he had like a two-hour drive or a three-hour drive or something like that. Okay, but I still got the sense he was in, yeah, Florida. He had a little bit of a drive uh, ahead of him. That's why when he got there, he was he was kind of shocked that he showed up so fast. Well, he couldn't he, be he couldn't be uh, he couldn't be away. He was just like it reminds yeah. me of that song, reunited <laughs> and it feels so good. <laughs> Pretty much, yes, you know. <laughs> You're just waiting for that cue to come on the jukebox when he went to go play a song. <laughs> okay, I work. have to admit something to you, Charles. When they started playing that song, mm-hmm. I, I really wanted to start singing along because I was like, boom, <laughs> it triggered something in me, and I was like ready to sing along. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, because you've heard that song so many times played in the background somewhere. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, yeah, I know that song. I don't know who sang it, but I know that song. Yeah. And I think just the lyrics and, you know, it it kind of felt almost like nerdy in a way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. It had that, that, that vibe to it, for sure. It makes me think we need jukebox. Boxes back in the restaurants. (laughs) In some restaurants, they do have them. In some restaurants, not not all, but some. (laughs) You know those dinery type. 
So, you know, I just kept, you know, when they have that scene where they meet up at Kevin's restaurant and he's fixing them up some food and he's like, you're getting the chef special. And they're kind of going in and out with their conversations. Yeah, like, he's still I kept at work. trying to go, okay, like, I'm sure the same thing Shireen was thinking is like, okay, like, why did you call me after this time? Mm-hmm. Is there something more? Yeah, I'm kind exactly. of interested in something more. Are you, you know, it kind of felt like that whole scene was tinged with, you know, what was it all about? What was the purpose? Yeah, yeah the possibilities. Exactly. You know, because there's that one moment where he, like, shows him a picture. He's like, oh, I got with that girl that I told you about, Samantha. We have a kid. And he's kind of like, are you guys still together? Oh, no, we're not. Yeah. But first you're like, okay, he's with somebody. Then it's like, no, they're not. And then it's like, okay, you wind to hook up or... You know, I think that so. scene had, like, a lot of back and forth. Oh, yeah. And it and the way it ends is kind of like, okay, how can you do this to me? You're going to end like this. <laughs> Give me more. And they don't, but you're still just like, okay, do they stay in touch? Do they, re- do they you know, what is the next thing that's going to happen to these two? You know, what what is the uh, what is the final outcome for for them? Is this is this going to be? And that, you know, we're we're kind of left. We we don't know. Like I I wanted yeah. to know for I was like, is this going to? Because he ends up giving Kevin a ride home. Mm-hmm. But then again, I had another musical moment because they were playing another <laughs> one of my favorite songs, Classic Man. With a very slowed down version. <laughs> so, you know, I was ready to, like, you know, raise the roof and, and get down in the theater. <laughs> and the student would be like, what is up with this girl? <laughs> but, yeah. you know, I was like, okay, is this going to culminate in them falling into a bed together? And just, you know, all that pent up emotion. Because, you, you know, what we skipped over is before this scene, uh, he goes to visit his mother at a treatment oh, yeah. center. Right. And I felt like th- there was that moment of forgiveness. A slight moment of forgiveness, yeah. Yeah. He, he, he does, you know, realize that, you know, she did all that she could with what, what, what she had, you know. It, she was suffering. He was suffering. They were both suffering. That's the thing. Both of them were suffering. And but I think it was good for him to hear her kind of acknowledge, like, how terrible she was to him and yeah. that she felt sorry. Is that what you needed, another musical cue? Yeah. <laughs> Is this little, little, Justin Timpen, little Justin Bieber? Is it too uh, Hopefully not in this movie. <laughs> Can't stop the feeling. No, I thought you were going to say Justin Timberlake. I was like, oh, well. okay. 
I'm like, yeah, you have all these good uh, hip-hop, doo-wop songs, gangster rap, and then all of a sudden it's Justin Timberlake. You could have some JT busting in there, you know, or Crimea River, I don't know. <laughs> what goes around comes around. Yeah, a couple of songs. <laughs> okay, so I, I want to get to, like, the end, the end shot. You know, Kevin's kind of holding his... It kind of reminded me of that scene that they had on that beach when they were teenagers. Yeah. And I think that's why they, they, they had that framed the way that they did, because that was, that was a defining moment, I, I believe, for both of them. Because I uh, think that was the moment where he, he just, was able just to be himself, yeah. let it all out, you know, let those feelings out. Exactly. And I think that's why you have that shot in the film. Because it's just like, we need to, we need to leave this, this character. We as film goers, we need to leave knowing that this character is going to be okay. You know, we need to know that, okay, he's going to survive this. And that's what we got. We got that, that moment, that little bit of hope for him. You know, you had, I mean, do you think anything happened with him and Kevin or I, I mean, cause it's not all open-ended. Yeah, it was very open open-ended he's like you know the only person i've ever been with is you you're the only you're the only man that ever touched me yeah you know it's just like and and he just felt like all all that suffering all that holding back Mm -hmm. because that was the one person that i think the the thing with him is um with uh chiron is he didn't want anyone to hurt him again because he had been hurt so much, especially by his mother, that his thing was, I don't want to be hurt anymore, so I'm going to shut mm-hmm. myself off from anyone and everything. I, I, just don't want, I just don't want to deal with it anymore. I don't want yeah, to... Yeah, and the guys that I trusted... Um hurt me too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to trust anyone because all I'm going to do is get hurt. They're going to do something to, to hurt me or they're going to, it's not necessarily they're going to find out my secret because, you know, that's not really, I don't think was an issue for him. You know, really it was just, he didn't want to get hurt. He didn't want to go back to that, that life again. And that's why he created this new persona. Yeah. You know? Because this is, this is the new me. This is the, the me that I'm going to be. And not that scared little boy that, you know, that grew up with an abusive mother and, and all that. So, yeah, the scrawny little boy. Yeah, scrawny little boy that was, you know, abused by, you know, more emotionally 
abuse by his mother than than uh, anything else. I think it's worse to be mentally abused by someone than it is to be physically abused. Yeah. Because that messes with your psyche way too much. That can do way more damage than a broken bone. A broken bone can heal, you know, you know, in 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 time. But mental is it takes a little longer to. You got to go through therapy for that. A broken bone a heal on itself. Mentally, mm-hmm. you've got to you've got to see people and and do a lot more work. So. I mean, it was it was it was one of those movies where, at first, it, I, I'm not gonna lie. At, at first, as I was sitting watching it, I was just I was taken aback. I'm like, okay, this is an interesting film. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I mean, it was a very quiet film. Yeah, it was an extremely quiet film. There's long uh, stretches where there's no music. Yeah, and it's just dialogue. Happened. It's just two people sitting down having a conversation yeah. at a table. Yeah. And the pacing of it was, it, it was, this is what it was like. Um, I can't remember if you liked Boyhood or not. Did, did you like Boyhood? Yes, loved it. Yeah. See, this reminded me a little bit of Boyhood, where it, it it's following this one character throughout his whole entire life. And if you, it'll be interesting to watch both films back to back and kind of see the, the, the parallel storyline because it really is about the people that come into our lives that kind of make us who we are. Because you had in, you, you had in this one, you had, you know, Juan and his friend Kevin, and his mother. Those were really the three main – oh, and um, um, uh, uh, Monet's uh, character. What was her name? Teresa? Yes. Yeah. So those were basically the main characters in his life, the main people that were in his life. They, he could really, you know, talk to, per se, you know, or they talked to him. And then you have the, the, the characters in Boyhood where you had it his dad, which was estranged from his mom. And, you know, he had, you know, a few friends here and there. But it was really those relationships between his mother and his and his dad that shaped him. You expect his life to go a different way because of because of his parents. And it actually goes in an opposite direction. Whereas in this one, it's kind of the same thing. You expected him to go in a different route after he got sent off to to uh, juvenile hall. You expect for him to come back and maybe he's a lawyer or something, or you know he's he's a cop or something like. I was expecting him to come back and be a cop, or even when when we <laughs> first see him, you know, yeah, because I was thinking, okay, well he's putting the grill in and he's you know he's doing all this and he's doing the drug deals. I'm like. Well, maybe he's like a undercover cop or something, and he's just taking on the persona of, of Juan. And then later on, we're going to find out, you know, this, that, and the other. And it wasn't. That was his life. You know, that's what happens to a lot of kids when they go into the system. You know, they 
<laughs> they turn to they they basically go back to that, but they do it in a in a different in a different way. So this one reminded me it it does have that feel of boyhood meets you know I get it's weird to say, but it's broke it's it's boyhood meets brokeback mountain. I mean that's basically <laughs> what 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 this what this film is and it was it was one of those films that you just you watch and you go wow okay to think that there's people out there that yeah go through this and some of them go through this stuff and it's even worse it doesn't turn out quite like it does in this film you know it yeah. doesn't have the the, the, the quote unquote happy ending that this film alludes to. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. I think it's one of those films is just like a quiet contemplation. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's how I felt. Like I said, I, I felt like the theme of it was just someone bottling their feelings inside and, and just digging it deeper and deeper and deeper until they could finally just like exhale, like they have the weight of the world on their shoulders, and they finally had that moment where they could just exhale and yeah. let it all out. Mm-hmm. And exactly. it's just not a film that spells everything out for you. Yeah, and I think... It, kind it, of tucked away in all these conversations. And that's what a lot of people who are going to go and see this film are going to have issues with, is that... Yeah. You know, I want to know exactly what happened to them. Did they do it? Well, the whole point of it is is for you to for you to decide. You make up the the happy ending for them. Do they? Do they? Does he find his his uh, you know his his happy place? Does, you know, or is this just a one little moment type of thing and? It's gonna go away, you know. It's it's not open. It's 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 left open for us to to decide. And a lot of times, cool. what happens when we see these films is we're like, well, I wish it didn't end that way. I wish it would have. It should have ended like this. This this this. This is your opportunity to let it end how you think it it, it would have ended. But what were you gonna say? I'm sorry. Oh, um, you know, going back to your idea about the ending, I I think what people are going to have a hard time with is that there's a lot of, you know what really I find kind of very dizzying was when he would do those scenes where he would constantly swing the camera around 180, and you would follow somebody in a 180-degree fashion. You know, he did that in the beginning with Juan's character, and I was kind of like, whoa. And then he did the thing where we're running alongside Chiron as he's running away from the bullies. And I was like, uh. Yeah. Did, did that um, kind of bother you in any way? Uh, the camera stuff, not really. I'm, I, I get more frustrated with the shaky cam more so than um, camera, camera shots like that. I mean, if it, if it's done too much, 
thing yet. It's just like, okay, you're using this as a crutch now. This is way too much. But maybe him doing that is is, is um, him trying to um, mean. It's maybe it has a meaning behind those particular camera shots that he was he was doing. I don't know. I'm just I'm just trying to think about it. You know, maybe the Pivoting moves of the camera are, you know, expressing that now Juan's world is turned around or is is being changed or, you know, something to that to that effect. I don't know. Now I'm just making stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, maybe you know, but you you kind of get what I'm what I'm saying though, right? You, it's like maybe that. The camera moves are, are supposed to make us feel a certain emotion. Well, you know, I think it worked in that one scene. Uh, you know, that guy that was setting him up to get beat up by Kevin, where the camera kind of swirls around because it feels like an uh, an animal stalking its prey. You know, yeah. Like at that moment, that that felt appropriate. But kind of in the ending, I'm like, why are we? Going around in circles here. <laughs> Stop spinning the camera. You no, know, I'm feeling like I'm on a merry-go-round uh, or a carousel. It's like, dude, I'm like, whoa, bit disoriented. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, that is very possible, but that's, I mean, that's the only thing I can think of for him to use them that much. Is that was his uh, vision. It's like, okay, now this if we if we have the camera go like this, it'll it'll symbolize this and that. You know, he's, this is why he's nominated for best director. <laughs> <laughs> this is why he's got an Oscar nomination. You know. Yeah. He did something, he did something that worked that that got people going. Wow. Yeah. You know, I want to try and go see Lion next because I knew how much you love that. Uh-oh. So if I do, I'll call you back again. <laughs> I, I, you know what's funny is, is, is with with um, as I was making my my top ten list at the be- you know, right around the end of summer, uh, you you heard this from a lot of people like, you know, this just this summer was was horrible and you know there wasn't a lot of good movies that came out this that and the other but i tell you once november hit we just got good movie after good movie after good movie after good movie and a lot of them were movies that people didn't go and see because they were limited run films or they were these small little indie films and so as i was doing my list i was just like wow this is going to be really hard. I got to bump this out. I got to move this here. And, and the easiest ones for me to put on my list were my top three. It was, it was La La Land, Moonlight, and, and Hidden Figures because even though I, I enjoyed Hidden Figures more than, I, I mean, as far as, as entertainment-wise, more so than I did with uh, La La Land and, and Moonlight. Mm-hmm. If you look at as far as best picture, for me, it's it's the story 
It's the way it was constructed. It was the way that it was conceived. And it was the and way also it it's, it's like the way it makes you feel. Yeah, exactly. It's because while, while I liked feel. and enjoyed Hidden Figures, I think I, I was, I felt moved by Moonlight. Yeah, exactly. It's like I was moved while watching Hidden Figures, like, wow, I can't believe that these women, you know, did this. They had, they had these kind of circumstances set against them, and they were still able to do the job that they do. And, you know, with, uh, with this one, it's just like the story, it was just a beautiful story. It was heart, heart-wrenching at times, but in the end, it's just like, you know what, that was, it's really nice that he, you know, he was actually able to reconnect with someone that meant so much to him, and it's quite possible mm-hmm. from the way the film ended that that person felt the same exact way, and that's yeah. why he contacted But him. it didn't tell us that. It just let yeah. us. You know, you could either come to that conclusion or not. Yeah, it, it let it, it percolate inside your head if that's how you want it to. It's basically you, whatever ending you want it. That's exactly. the ending yeah. you got. Exactly. You know, and and that's what that's what made it so. That's why it was my number two because of all of that. The, the, the acting and to get three different characters to play the one character. And see, I didn't know that that's what it was going into it. I thought it was just like three different stories set in one movie and they all centered, you know, they all connected, kind of like a Pulp Fiction type of thing. I didn't realize mm-hmm. that I was going to film see one character throughout its whole entire, its whole entire life, which brought me back to the boyhood. You know, it's like the last 30 minutes of, if it wasn't for the last 30 minutes of La La Land, for me, Mm -hmm. I don't think La La Land would have been my number one film. It was the last act, the last, really the last 30 minutes of that movie that, that sold me. That's what, at that point, I was like, this, this is my favorite movie of the year because I like what he did with the ending. It, it was exactly what I needed. That was the ending that I needed from this film. That's the ending that I wanted from this film. See, and that's, that's just for me. I know other people are just like, oh, I just love the, the music and the, and the story. and blah, blah, blah. Really, the last 30 minutes is what sold it for me. That's what, you know. And this one, it was just throughout the whole entire film. Everything in the film worked for me mm-hmm. this one. But yeah. See that that's why I think Moonlight is a better film than La La Land. It shouldn't have to wait till the last thirty minutes to get good. <laughs> oh burn. Boom snap. <laughs> hey, you know, don't be surprised. It, like I said, you know, this is this is this is like a you know, the last couple of years where it could go to either film. It, it, you know it can go either way. It's, nothing is really set in stone. You know, I mean, there is a huge love for La La Land right now, but don't be surprised if, if Moonlight gets a, a surge. People are now predicting that it's possible that Hidden Figures could win Best Picture. And I'm just like, no. <laughs> it's not going to win Best Picture. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I like... You're like, no. <laughs> no, no. 
I I loved Hidden Figures. Was it one of the best pictures of the year? Yes, but does it deserve to win Best Picture? No, it was good. It is not, you know, it's not the best film of the year. It's one of the best films of the year, but it's not the best film of the year. I still say that one of the two, Moonlight or La La Land, those are the two best-made films that have come out of Hollywood this, this last year. And that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that wraps up our review of Moonlight. And I think the next time we're going to do a show is probably on Oscar night. So if you guys want to join us, February 26th. But if I happen to see another Oscar-nominated movie... Lion. Uh, we're going to do another impromptu review. I I have to know um, when you see Lion because I'm really curious to hear your, your thoughts on that one. Okay, if I have a choice, Lion or Fences, which one do I go for? Oh, Tanya, why? Oh, jeez. Lion or fence? Well, see, here's the thing again. I did my top 10. Fences didn't even come into my top 20. And I really. Wow. And I know how much you love Viola Davis. Yeah. And I, you know, and I really, really enjoyed Fences. I mean, it hit home hard for me. Um, It. It reminded me a lot. And, and you know, of, part of the reason why I want to see it is because we're reading that right yeah, now. Yeah, you're reading from the book, book club, club, you know, just to see like how it's interpreted. Yeah, I, oh, I just like the story. That I, I, I got moved while watching Lion. Maybe it was just a, maybe it was just a time that I, you know, the you're just in a certain mood when you go and see a film. And that's why I was so moved with Lion. It wasn't so much with uh, Fences. Mm-hmm. But if I had... Ah, that's so hard. Can't you just do a double feature? <laughs> they don't have a... They don't have a $5 a day at the local cineplexes over there by you? <laughs> well, well, they're they're at two different locations. Oh, okay. They're not close to each other. Man. So I'm surprised it's playing in that it's not playing in the fancy fancy area of town that it's <laughs> probably the maybe the following week they'll have it. Oh, God, that's so, hard. I mean, I don't know how long they'll hold on to these, but I'm thinking there might be a good chance to see Lion. Yeah, I, you know what? I would say you're not going to go wrong with either one. If you want to mm-hmm. see some some Oscar-winning performances, hint, hint, wink, wink, I would go see Fences. If you want to see a well, well-done story that you'll probably see afterwards, Go see Lion. I would say. I wanted to ask you, like, you know, what did you think about the nomination for 
uh, Nicole Kidman and Dev Patel. Did you feel that oh. those were earned? Yeah, they were earned. They were definitely earned. Because at first I was like, well, how is it that Nicole Kidman got a nomination for this film? It doesn't make any sense. And then as I came out of the film, I'm like, okay, yeah, I see why she got a nomination. I see exactly yeah, why. And I, and I think it's, you know, just an unusual story that we don't often hear about, you know, an Australian yeah. couple adopting an Indian child and yeah. him wanting to go back and find out who his real mom was. On a true story, too. And it's, oh, my God. It's, I'm getting I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about the, the ending of the film. It's just, that ending, that ending got me. You know, and I was, I was looking at the Directors Guild Awards and the director of Lions. This is his first, he's a first-time director. Can you imagine yeah. being a first-time director, getting an Oscar nomination, being nominated for the Directors Guild Award for Best Directing? Yeah. <laughs> Although I think the same thing happened with Beast of a Southern Wild. It did. And I it didn't really did. much care for that movie. <laughs> I Yeah, I I remember us talking about that, and I was just like, yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah, I think we were both with Swarm on that movie. We were like, uh, I was expecting something different. I don't know what everyone else saw, but. You know, I yeah. think we didn't get it. We were like, I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> We don't get. Uh, we did not get the hype for that film. Yeah, did, did I walk into the wrong movie? Just another version. We're just like, well, well, we understand it's supposed to like be talking about Hurricane Katrina, but we don't get it. Yeah, we don't like, get it. Yeah, I'm not understanding. <laughs> All right, Charles. Well, thanks. Thanks again for joining me for this surprise podcast. I hope that everybody enjoys it. And I will be talking to you later.